Hey friends, welcome to Moonshot Entrepreneur. This is the place where we partner with God to build His custom design calling for our life. In this podcast, you'll get laser focused on aligning your life with God and you will learn the strategies to implement true change. Along with that, you will also learn to create the time and income for the amazing dreams God has for you. Sounds like a moonshot? Well, set your expectations high because when we dare to partner with God, anything is possible. I promise you that we're going to have a ton of fun on this journey together. So grab your notebook and pen and pursue with me your God-led life transformation. Let's go. Welcome to the very first official episode of Moonshot Entrepreneur. Hi, my name is Archana Jacob and I'm beyond excited to record the very first episode. I would have never thought that I would ever start a podcast, but here I am. (laughs) Okay, so this episode will be about my story and why God has led me to start this podcast. It's important to me that you know what this is all about. And so this will be a little introduction, but I certainly hope that over time that I will also hear feedback from you and that there will be some sort of interaction. Okay, let me start right off the bat with a disclaimer. This podcast is not going to be perfect, but what I can promise you is that it will be authentic. I'll be truthful and honest and very transparent with whatever is going on or with whatever I'm sharing about my life. And of course, I hope that with that, you will feel very inspired for your day and that the podcast will be full of value for you. I want to give you all the juicy, practical steps, everything you need to know about courageous faith, strategy, and finance. I'll also let you know all the financial principles I follow because I think change is hard. We often want to have change and we maybe we attempt to change things in our life, but then that change doesn't last for too long. I believe it is because we do not have the right priorities and this is where I can really help you. I've gone through so many transformational steps and I want you to have the same kind of transformation in your life and be able to experience an extremely positive mindset. I advocate putting all your hope in Christ and not in some positive fantasy about how your future could possibly look like. So forget everything about prosperity gospel. I really want to set things straight uh, right off the bat. There is no such thing as God throwing money at you when you worship him. And I don't think this is even biblical. Suffering is part of life on this side of eternity. I have had my fair share of suffering. I still have some suffering and I'm sure that it will also be part of my life in the future. But I also believe that suffering is not the only thing in store for a Christian. The walk with Christ is such an incredible journey and full of fruit and abundance and joy. And I want you to be able to experience that. And this is actually exactly why I started this podcast. The goal is to help Christians to pursue godly life transformation using courageous faith and strategy and finance so that you all can also be a unique puzzle piece in God's kingdom. 
And so this is my key takeaway for you from this entire podcast. You don't have to be a priest. You don't have to be called to be on the mission field. Whether you're flipping burgers, delivering parcels, or prepping lunch bags for your family, you can still feel fulfilled and fully serve God. You can actually enjoy the freedom and joy starting from today because it all starts with one single step, one decision, which you can take today itself. And your godly life transformation will actually start. This is exactly what I experienced in my life. And that's why I'm so confident that you can experience the same. So who am I? Uh, my name is Archana Jacob. I'm 38 years old and I'm married. I'm a mom. I'm a senior executive currently working in Switzerland. And towards the end of this episode, I'll tell you a bit more about where I'm at at the moment. But I think I really should start with sharing my journey of faith with you, because that is the reason why I started this podcast. And also, I think the reason why you will see that godly life transformation is possible. My faith journey has actually different chapters. So I think of it like if it were a book, you could give different chapters to different phases of my life. I would say that there are roughly about five chapters in this book. The first chapter is the childhood in Christ. I had a very happy childhood. I was raised in a Christian home, so both mom and dad are Christians. And I cannot think of a time where we didn't go to church. So we were in church all the time. Almost every Sunday we were in church. It's not just about being in church, of course, but I mean, my parents, they are living their Christianity and it's, it's so evident and clear that it has meaning to them. Mom was very keen on teaching us the Bible, on teaching us to pray, to sing hymns and songs and praise God. Dad also has a very visible spiritual life, a very strong prayer life. And so they were really um, two big examples and laid the foundation for my sister and me. Uh, my sister is the elder one. I'm the younger one. Early on, there was an event which happened which really shaped our family. I was not born at that moment, but um, that story was passed on to us. So this is how it goes. My sister fell very ill. She was about two years old when that happened, I think one or two years old. And uh, they had to take her to the hospital and the doctors couldn't do anything to help her. And it was sort of clear that she would die. And doctors told my parents that there isn't anything they can do they gave them some medicine and they said, give her the medicine to ease out the pain, but take her home because there's nothing we can do and she will not survive the night. And so they took her home. They cried a lot. They prayed a lot. And at one point, my mom, who is also a nurse, um, she took all the medicine and threw it in the garbage. And she prayed out loud and said, God, I do not trust in medicine. I trust in you. And I know that you can heal this child just in a, the blink of an eye. And I ask you to do that. And if you do so, I will make sure that our children will know you. And this child in particular, that she will be dedicated to your service. 
That very night, she got healed. The next morning, she woke up. There wasn't anything wrong with her anymore. This was a true miracle. There was no doubt in the heart of my parents that this is a miracle. And so I remember thinking to myself, wow, that is such a cool story. But I was also sort of disappointed that God had no big plans for me. It sounded like he has big plans for my sister, that he wants to use her for his service. But I couldn't quite see how I was going to be a part of God's plan. On top of that, my sister was very good at her studies. And early on, she wanted to be a doctor. And it made perfectly sense that she could serve God like that. And so for me, it was more like, well, now I don't see how I can do something for God or be a puzzle piece in God's kingdom. Even though my parents used to reassure me that God has mysterious ways to work and he has a plan and a purpose for everyone, I didn't quite believe that. Maybe one of the reasons for that is also that I was not a typical girl as one would think. And here's just a small example. I wanted to become a pilot, a mechanic, bus driver, police officer, major in the army, and garbage man, all at the same time. So you can see that I was really not that average girl or typical girl you would expect. So in school, I would take all kinds of optional subjects or activities, which really no other girl would take, like sports or electronics, woodcraft or drawing cartoons, all those kind of things. I was also a bit of a daredevil, but still very much mama's baby and very shy when I realized that people were watching me. I was quite a dreamy kid, always up in my head, dreaming up the next adventure. So the message I got at home was always, you're an awesome girl. It's completely fine that you like what you like. Just enjoy it and enjoy your life. But the message I got outside of my home was really different. The message I got was, something is wrong with you. So my experience with God at this time was also that he hears my prayers because I used to get into trouble quite a lot. Whenever I would pray, I knew that he would hear me and he would somehow get me out. So I was, in a way, I was unaware of his constant protection, but I knew that I could reach out to him. And along with that, I also knew that he was there to accept me, to love me, because I had quite some scars from not being accepted by the outside world for who I am, from being made fun of or believing in God or instances of racism. But... I knew that I could always count on God. Now, the second chapter of my personal book of faith would be God shaking my world up and giving me a wake-up call. Around about age 18, we had an Alpha course in our church. Now, when I say our church, I have not spoken to you about my church background. My dad and mom, they originally come from the Marthoma Church in India. There was no such church here in Switzerland at that time. We went to the Church of England, to an Anglican church called St. Ursula's in Bern. And at the same time, if you know the Episcopal Church in the U.S., I think you can relate to the basic church background we had at that time. 
So as I said, in our church, we have this Alpha course. And if you do not know what an Alpha course is, don't worry about it. It's basically a course which touches on the basics of Christianity. So as a church, we looked at different weeks, explore certain questions around Christianity. For example, what is a Christian? How does our faith impact our daily life? So these courses were organized on a weekly basis. So every week we would have some pre-readings and then we would meet in the group, have a fellowship and talk about the different reflections we had during the week. And then also gather around some scripture to find out how the scripture, that specific passage speaks to us and impacts our thinking. And so this one particular week, I remember the topic was if we were ready to make a commitment, a new commitment to Christ. And so I distinctively remember putting off the question. And every time I come across the reflections for that week, I would sort of put it off and say, well, I don't know if I'm ready to make a commitment. I, I don't know yet. I would sort of sweep it under the carpet. So after that, we attended the course and on the way back, my sister and I, we were driving back. I still had not made a commitment. As we were driving, suddenly the cars in front of us started to crash into each other. There was no space to brake and bring the car to a halt. And I was so shocked that I left the steering wheel and I saw a hand reaching out from the back to the front, taking the steering wheel and turning the car around and just bringing the car to a halt. I did not hit the brake and I did not touch the steering wheel, but still all this happened just in a split second. I remember that I looked at my sister and then she looked back at me and she said, you stay in the car. She was a medical student at that time. She jumped out of the car to help the people involved in the crash. I don't think that God sent me help. I don't think God sent me an angel. Could it be? Could it really be? And I was wondering about the question when I heard a voice say, and now what would have happened if you had died and you hadn't made a commitment to me? And I couldn't believe my ears. I didn't dare to turn around, but I knew that God was speaking to my heart. And so right there, beyond any doubt, I knew that God is real, that God is calling me and that he wants me to make a commitment. And so I closed my eyes. I prayed to God. I thanked him that he saved us literally physically and spiritually. And I made a commitment right there to follow God, no matter what. I didn't know what exactly that meant, but I knew that I have to be more serious about following God and that I have to think about making the right choices, choices which please God. I knew that some things had to change and I became more serious about reading the Bible, about being aware of what is being preached at church and not just listening. But I started to take notes and started to dig deeper when things were not clear for me. And so there was really an amazing experience. Now, around about at the same time, my dad happened to speak to a bishop from the Marthoma Church back in India, and they discussed that it would be good to found a first congregation here in Switzerland. He got the permission to make that happen. There were, of course, also lots of other people who helped 
And then I was elected a youth representative. I did lots of youth ministry and Sunday school teaching. I discovered that God had given me some talents in the area of administration. And that was just an amazing experience to see that there were some really useful skills I could contribute to a church. And so that made me quite happy at that time. Now, this went on for a couple of years. And what followed then were my rebel years, as I would call it in the next chapter. I was compromising God and giving him a back seat. So let me tell you what happened. I graduated in business IT. I got my first job in an outstanding company. It was very unusual to get such a good job right off from university. There was lots of recognition around that from people outside. My first job required lots of engineering background and there was lots of gender bias around that. I was able to prove myself and at the same time, the job was very good paying. I could buy my first car, which was also very unusual. I was one of the first from the student community to do that, to own an own car. And so once again, that led to lots of recognition from the outside world. Now, round about at the same time, I started playing ice hockey with friends, new colleagues from work and other people that led to a bigger friend circle. And I felt accepted for the first time in my life by the outside world. I never had an issue of being accepted by the church or by my family, but the theme of being accepted by the outside world was weighed very hard on my heart. And... And all of a sudden, I was so cool, and I sort of felt that God is now standing in my way. I started to deny being a Christian. I lived a secret identity. I wouldn't tell anybody about going to church on Sunday. And then, sooner or later, I ran into conflict because we very often had matches on Sunday, and I wouldn't be able to go, or I would sort of not know if I would be able to go. And at one point... I just said, I'm not going to church. I will just go to the matches and that's it. Then there won't be any issue anymore. Nobody will ask me what I'm doing on Sunday because I didn't want to tell people that I'm going to church. That, of course, led to some conflict. My mom certainly didn't approve of that and she kept trying to influence me. But at one point she said, listen, you are now grown up. You have to make a decision. It's between you and God. And the moment she said it, I felt it doesn't have any real meaning, but somehow I had a strange feeling. But anyway, I went ahead with it. And after that, I had injury after injury on every match I attended on a Sunday. And I wasn't able to play at all because I was injured all the time. And so at first I thought, well, this is just sheer coincidence. And I kept doing and attempting it. But after a couple of months, I said, well, this is crazy. This cannot be sheer coincidence. I also felt convicted in my heart during prayer. And then I said, all right, I'm not going to cover it up anymore. I am going to church. I'm not attending matches on a Sunday. I wish that I could tell you that this were all my compromising uh, years, but unfortunately that was not it. So fast forward to age 24, I got married to a guy who was raised in a Christian household. You cannot see my hands, but I'm air quoting Christian here because there were lots of red flags before the wedding. God showed me so clearly that this guy is just a superficial Christian 
and that he's not truly following Christ. But what did I do? I went ahead with it anyway. So very sadly, I went ahead with it and I ended up in a physically abusive relationship. This was the darkest period of my life. I gave up almost everything I ever loved. I stopped playing ice hockey altogether because I didn't want anybody to find out what was happening in my life. I broke up all my friendships and most of my relationships outside of the relationship with my husband. He cheated on me so many times. I felt that I couldn't tell anybody or confide in anyone because weirdly enough, I was so twisted that I also somehow felt that I need to defend him. I didn't want people to think bad about him. And I also felt that at the same time it would be sinful to give up on the relationship. But I think much more than all of that, I also had a big fear of the stigma around divorce. I just felt that I would be seen as a loser. I also feared losing the recognition and reputation uh, which I had gained over time. People were looking up to me and I didn't want people to look at me and say, well, you gained all these things, but in fact, you have failed your life because your private life is just a mess. And I kept crying my heart out to God and I, I just would ask him, why are you not hearing my prayers? Why are you not healing this marriage? Why are you not helping me? My health also deteriorated quite a bit. I lost lots of weight. I think about 15 to 20 kilograms and I had heartburn. I couldn't tell anybody and I just distanced myself from friends and family. As I said, this was the darkest period of my life. And then started the next chapter of my life, which I call submitting to God and finding a new relationship with Him. So one night I was crying my eyes out and um, I said, I'm going to submit to you. Let happen whatever you want to happen. If it is to heal this marriage, heal this marriage. If it is to break us up, break us up. But no matter what it is, just please, 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 please promise me that you will see me through this. And so after the prayer, I felt asleep. And the next morning, I told him that I don't want to be your wife just on a piece of paper, but I'm willing to forgive you. Let's just move on. Let's change our life. He just looked at me and gave me that blank look. And then he said, I don't want to be with you. I want to go. I was shocked. And at the same time, I knew that God is with me. I asked him if he would rethink, but he wouldn't. And so he left. Many months of heartache and tears followed. Of course, I was devastated. I felt like a loser. I felt that I can't go to church anymore. I, I was scared of facing people, of going back to my friends and, and family and sort of tell them what had happened. But God comforted me. He gave me the strength to go through each and every step. And so he completely vindicated me. At the same time, I also started listening to a preacher on YouTube, Steve Mays from Calvary Chapel, and he had these sermons with heavy emphasis on the Bible. And I started to get much deeper into the Bible, and it just encouraged me to be much more in the Word and to apply it to my life. This was a turning point. I learned about my identity in Christ. I understood that I'm loved and cherished and that God made me the way he made me because he truly has a place for me. 
And weirdly enough, I didn't quite know which talents he had given me or what exactly I was supposed to do. But I just knew that he loved me and that he wanted my heart. And so I gave it to him. I started to prioritize him and my life got in order step by step. I could see that every area he touched was totally transformed. And I had this very deep sense of God himself calling me to ministry while not leaving my day job. And so parallel to working, I started teaching Sunday schools, leading prayers, being a council member and being in leadership. So I could see that I could be of use for God in different ways. And then when the time was ripe, God led me to my husband, Emil. He is a sweetheart. He's truly loving and amazing. And he's an incredible guy. We have so much in common. He's lots of fun to be with. And most of all, he is such a God-honoring person. I could see from the moment we met that God is his number one priority. And let me tell you, this makes such a big difference It's just beyond words. This completely transforms a relationship when both of you believe in God and trust in God and put God first. And so this is probably one of the first areas right after the area of finding my identity in Christ, which God totally transformed. But he also had his hand in many other areas. God gifted as a beautiful little girl who will have turned seven by the time this show airs and she goes to first grade. She's such a true superstar and she makes us so much aware of our dependence on God. I'm so honored to guide this little human being to walk with God. And I think I'm speaking for both of us when I say that she's our biggest challenge. At the same time, she's a treasure. She's beyond words. And the experience of being a mom is is just amazing. But also in terms of faith, you get to understand that protecting your children is just not possible. You have to trust God and you have to depend on God. Most clearly, parenting reveals that Jesus has complete victory over sin and death at every area of your life. Also, my ministry work evolved in the time being. I became a lay reader. This is a completely voluntary role alongside ordained ministry, so you don't get paid. It is a leadership role serving alongside clergy to support people in faith and enable mission. Lay readers are trained and licensed by their bishop. They can do several things like leading a worship, preach, teach, pastoral care, involve in mission. Some do funerals, baptisms. Now, why is that so neat? I really like being a lay reader because, first of all, it's proving the fact that we can serve God no matter where we are, no matter what career we are in, no matter what our experience is, we can serve God. And this is just an amazing thing for me. Now, parallel to that, I continued in a somewhat steep career with tons of success the world's way. As I mentioned, I'm a senior executive now. I started out at the company I'm employed with in the innovation department as head of data, IoT, and blockchain, and eventually evolved into head of smart last mile logistics. Now, what is all that? It basically means that I work together with startups and business partners, and I create strategies and new business models in the marketplace. 
and it's just so much of fun. I just so much love, love, love business and it lights me up. But it also made me aware that office politics sucks the life out of me. <laughs> okay, so having to impress people to advance the dishonesty and lack of integrity with many in leadership, it, it just made me so tired. I started with a small feeling of discontentment, which then grew into a full-on aversion. And it made me sick to my stomach to see all these kind of things. And once you see, you cannot unsee, right? I was able to prove myself with my work and everything, but that also almost led to burning out physically. And I also saw many colleagues burning out, not just in the context of, of the company I'm in, but in the context of startups, of, of people trying new things, of entrepreneurship. And it made me really question whether this is really something which is worthwhile. But even at that time, it was somehow evident to me that God had still placed a call on my heart to do business. But I just couldn't see how these skills were ever going to bless anyone. And I wondered whether this thing was ever going to bring any lasting good to humanity. And I wondered what difference it makes. What difference does it make whether... I'm good at business or have certain skills in the realm of strategy and finance. How is it going to impact? How is it going to make a difference in the world for the purposes of God? I certainly couldn't see that at that point. And then about a year or two ago, while I was praying in the morning, God dropped this thought into my heart. You should be an entrepreneur. And I said, what? This sounds crazy. An entrepreneur? I've never thought about that and I always wanted to have a career and I have no desire whatsoever to go down that path. And I said, this must have been a misunderstanding. I must have not interpreted it correctly. So I, I just left it at that. And then later on in the week, I looked up a topic about tithing and financial stewardship of the money God has given us. I looked up this one guy who was speaking about biblical view on financial freedom. He said something along the lines of being a slave to one's employer. And my first thought was, wow, this is a crazy guy. What's wrong with being employed? But then the thought did not leave me. And I kept thinking about it every now and then. And then I would sort of think about being an entrepreneur, starting my own business, and then always stop at, no, that would just needs, need lots of capital. And more than that, I've seen tons of people burn out while chasing the dream of entrepreneurship. And I certainly didn't want to be the next person. As I said, I had to do with these people all the time. I was also working in a field which was closely related to that. I didn't wish to go there. Then at one point I thought, well, I'm helping dozens of people come up with a new business model. I'm helping my own company to do that. So why not do that for myself? And so I tried in my own strength. And even though I was very successful with these startups and with my current employer, and I did that for myself, I failed. And I think there was a reason for that failure because I tried to apply worldly concepts rather than thinking about how God would want me to do this. 
I learned to pray and to listen and wait for God to take the lead. And sure enough, he took the lead. He led me to a podcast, the Stephanie Gass Show, uh, where the person, the podcaster was speaking about starting a podcast as a puzzle piece in doing business. The crazy thing which, which just stuck me was that she was speaking about doing business God's way, speaking about some pretty radical things. And I thought, wow, no way this can be true. And then lots of prayer, journaling and learning followed. And finally, I took the leap and it all began to make sense. Even though at first I felt that there is nothing I have to offer, I suddenly could see that all my life experiences was not wasted in the world's eyes. I might have been weird, but in God's eyes, I was fearfully and wonderfully made, knit together my mother's womb and led every day by God closer to holiness. He designed me the way he has designed me to fulfill a godly purpose. And it was so much more than just being good at business or good at teaching and preaching. Everything now made sense. It was just that unique blend of experiences and skills and talents which God gave me to make me useful in his kingdom. And this is why I started a coaching business and also this podcast, which is about godly life transformation, because I realized that more people like me might be going through a life thinking that God has nothing to offer in practice life, but nothing could be more far from truth. So my mission is to let you know that God has a purpose for you. You were not created the way you were created just by accident. And I will help you in this podcast to take that life-changing action to change your life, to transform your life with godly guidance. I will help you to figure out how you can get there, how you could implement those changes in practical daily life. I'm aware that change often sounds like a moonshot. Maybe the vision God places on your heart really sounds so strange to your ears and to your heart. But if God has placed a certain thing in your heart, he will also make sure that you'll get there. And I'm also there to help you. I will give you in this podcast lots of stories of biblical heroes of faith and their personally designed experiences, which prepared them for their calling. I'll help you to learn to partner with God to discover the specific plans he has for you. And I will also teach you to realign your life according to the audacious, purpose-filled, godly life transformation which is set before you. And of course, I'll also give you the financial knowledge to create the income stream and the time to support that life because let's get real. There is no way you can do that without making any significant changes in your life. I'm not here to speak to you about any financial products, but I will give you all the knowledge I have. I will also let you know what I have tried, what my experience was, what I found helpful, what resources you could turn to. So you will get all that with me. And I'll also explain how you can get your family and friends on board with your transformation, because that transformation, if it's real, it's going to be visible. And then I'll also show you how you can patiently wait on the Lord and set realistic expectations. But at the same time, also take the God factor into calculation. So I use a faith-led approach a proven business strategy and practical, easy-to-understand financial wisdom to coach you through your personal transformation. You can book a personal coaching session with me over on my website. 
you can start to listen in here on the podcast and start to implement the steps I give you here for free. I'm sure that when you start to implement, you'll see massive results and massive change in your life. I look forward to hear about the life transformation in your life, and I can't wait to hear more from you. I'm really beyond excited to be on this journey together with you. Believe me, this is the craziest time for me to start a podcast. I still can't believe that I'm doing this because I'm still working full time and I'm also studying now parallel to work. I started an executive MBA at a top-notch university here in Switzerland. And besides all that, I also have a kid and a husband and do my share to make sure that we have clean clothes to wear and healthy food on the table, speak to our little one about God, take her to ice practices, that we find time to spend with each other, do ministry on the side, and much more. But this is worth it because when we stay in the purpose and vision God has for us, life suddenly feels so easy and worthwhile. And I want the same for you, my listeners. So I will leave you now with the very first implementation work because I want you to feel and see the change from day one onwards. In the beginning of this episode, I told you that change starts with one decision. So stop whatever you're doing now and close your eyes and pray. Lord, I'm tired of running away from you. I'm tired of living as if I do not have a purpose. Your word tells me that this is not true. I submit to you, Lord. Bring to my mind those things which stand in the way between you and me because I want to put you first. Help me with your power. Help me with your love and help me with your strength. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, and once you've prayed, I want you to take your smartphone and write down whatever the Holy Spirit brings to your mind, whatever area of your life the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about. Just make a commitment to God and yourself that you will not shy away from the change. Make a decision to examine your heart with the help of the Holy Spirit and leave no stone unturned to make a U-turn for Christ. This is my recommendation for you. Come and connect with me on Facebook and LinkedIn. I can't wait to hear from you. Also, go straight away to the free Facebook group and share your results over in the group. You'll find like-minded people who also share their life areas. And check out my website, moonshot-entrepreneur.com. I will leave you all the links in the description and I look forward to hearing from you. Stay wrapped up in Christ's love. Until next time. Real quick before you go, if this podcast blessed you in some way, the number one way you can thank me is by leaving me a written review for the show over on Apple Podcast. I seriously am lit up every time I hear from you guys. So if this show has impacted your life in some way, just let me know about it. And here's the second thing you can do. Take a screenshot of this episode or of your review and go share it over on Facebook and tag me. God bless as you dare to make the change.